CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Very welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag Big Data or hashtag Movies. Today's topic is Big Data on the Big Screen. And our guest for today's show is Colin Brown, who's a professor of Canberra Graduate Institute of Film and Television with the Tisch School of Arts at uh, NYU. Good morning, Colin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, happy to be here. Great, and, and it's an honor to have you on our show. Now, as we know that we're in the heights of the fall movie and Oscar season right now, and there's a lot of talk surrounding big blockbusters and small indie films. But the reason we're exploring big data and movies today is because it's an unexpected solution to the problems Phil is face, films are facing uh, in terms of getting people back to the cinema and competition with TV and online streaming. So, uh, Colin, just to get started and get an idea of, of what the landscape is, what, what all exactly is happening uh, in the movie industry right now, which is prompting this kind of discussion? Well, it depends how you view it. I mean, there, I mean one of the uh, challenges, I think, of the, the film industry is through what, you know, what glasses do you, do you view the thing? What metrics do you use? And the macro picture in many ways, looks great. I mean, the, the, the actual sheer grosses for box office, uh, not only in this country but around the world, keeps rising. There's no evidence that that will drop. Um, consumption across all media of movies keeps going up on a global basis. But then when you sort of scratch b- below that, you start looking, well, in theaters, well, how many people are actually visiting theaters? Well, that's a different story, uh, again, depending which country you look at. And then you look at profitability and and you know that that's the hardest one of all um to to gauge and and you know those don't always go in lockstep with one another so So, um if you say that they don't go lockstep and and i'm sure you know we always have to juggle different balls at any given time in any industry so nothing new there but is there any disruptive change or something which is unprecedented people are facing and and uh, maybe technology infusion is either showing them end of the light at the end of the tunnel or it is giving them jitters well it, jitters has always come with the film industry it's it's perpetually, <laughs> perpetually jittery it comes with the territory i mean i think it's uh, the angst that makes uh, you know makes the film business what it so good actually it's uh, um no i mean but, but seriously I mean, one of the biggest challenges is that the old way in which movies were consumed and which the business grew around um, is is being challenged. And, and you know, the, the biggest, uh, you know, theatrical distribution in many ways remains a lost leader. Um, and the, re- the reason it's a lost leader is the amount of money it takes to actually persuade people to come and buy tickets. So the marketing costs, those costs are, are enormous. Um, and... and Still, as I think we'll examine this you know, in the rest of the show, but you know, a relatively unexamined part of the business um, in terms of what what needs to be spent, how, and 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 you know, and, and the efficiency of that. So that's at one end, but it's a lost leader that drove 
the way that movies, you know, it's, the, it creates, it's nothing beats a theatrical release uh, for creating very, very instant mass attention and drawing the, the spotlight on, on, onto films and individual titles. The awareness that, that, comes, that comes with that is, is huge. And that translates down the line as, you know, as people who've either failed to see it but heard of a film get to see it later or may want to revisit a film that they saw on one medium, the big screen, and, and you know, enjoy seeing it at home or, or on, on their computer screens. That business is, is the bit that's changing very fast uh, for the reasons we're all very familiar with. Uh, and, and one is that you know, an, a DVD business, which was very reliable, um, is being replaced by essentially an online and on-demand business. Um, that is very popular, uh, but monetizing that is, has proven more more difficult, and you know, eventually I think it will it will work its way out, but uh, because it will reach a lot more people. So it's a question of converting those. You know, the, the the phrase that everyone uses is converting those digital dimes into into what used to be DVD dollars, and that is the big challenge. Would you say that an instant flash in the pan success immediately following the launch of a movie? is seen in a better light than a long tail incremental, but overall netting you a lot more type of uh, revenue and profits? So it's a very interesting question, and it's come up a lot. Um, the, you know, the knee-jerk answer to that is, is yes, but actually what's, I think, become apparent, uh, you know, we don't know much about what happens on VOD because it's, um, that, that data is, is closely guarded, but it seems that the world is... Certainly at, at the more specialized end, so the adult-oriented movies rather than the teen movies. And this is the thing, that there are lots and lots of different movie marketplaces, even on macro terms. But for, for those kind of films, it seems that discovery is now the big thing. So people like to discover things or feel that they're part of a discovery process. So actually, one of the interesting things about this year is that there have been a number of films uh, released theatrically and at the same time you know, on VOD, certainly on the independent side, where it's, it actually has built up a, a following later on, and, and, and they've done remarkably well. And, and the sort of the tail wags, you know, more, more in unexpected ways. And I think this is a, a, perhaps either a zeitgeist thing or, or a carryover from people's experiences in, in other domains where they're used to now finding things, get the thrill of discovery, and, you know, which, which is... I. I believe is, is a great omen for the future, as long as we can get the discovery process slightly more um, you know, predictable. Now, one is that people who are standing outside, like someone like you who is watching the industry, do you think there is a difference of view in the strategy that would make this business successful sitting outside versus people in the ivory tower? Sorry, sorry, repeat the question. So you, you are uh, someone who's... who. Uh, are sitting outside and watching it like almost like an analyst and, right. and watching the trends. And so do you think your strategy, the way what you think is going to make big movies and big cinemas successful, the big screen essentially successful, is that definition has uh, a different flavor than what people within the movie industry uh, are seeing as a secret recipe yeah. to success? Yeah, well, I mean, one, one of the things that I think is... is and I, you know, it's always I always find myself reminding, uh, in, even industry audiences, when when I teach and and, and so on, um, is that you ha you have to be aware that, for you know, and I, 
and again, I separate out Hollywood films and, 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 and independent movies. Certainly for independent films, it's, it's what the industry thinks about your particular project and, and your particular that matters more than really what the audience thinks, because essentially you're selling it to the industry first. Uh, it's a bit like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a journalist by background. I remember the, I had the light bulb moment when I realized, really, I'm writing for the editor, not, not the reader first. Uh, that's the, the opinion that matters. And then you have to hope that the reader, or in this case, a studio gatekeeper, understands their audience so well um, that those decisions are in sync. Um, that's not always the case. Um, so, uh, you know, so... Sometimes you can sit, as you're right, I'm, I'm an, very much an observer. I, I look at the outside and, and witness this, this industry with inside knowledge, but essentially it from the outside. And you think, well, somehow there's a mismatch sometimes to what, you know, it, the decision-making that's being made and, and what the reality is of the marketplace. Um, now, that's the result of, you know, a system that's grown up that's, you know, it's been, you know, there's some very, very smart people in the film industry. Um, you know, and they, but they've developed techniques for, for saying yes or no to things. Um, you know that that uh, you know based on on experience and what's worked before and all those things, but basically on their own economic terms. And you know, if those economic terms change, you just hope that the decision making process changes accordingly. Um, and one of those big economic decisions is well, how much does it take to market something? And you know, um, I, I use an example. You know the there was, you know, Steven Soderbergh's last films, uh, Liberace. You know, the reason it didn't get greenlit by a studio, and bear in mind this was a five million dollar film, based on quite a well-known character, you know, a real-life person with a very good cast, you know, and then Michael Douglas and Matt Damon, a five million dollar film. It could, he couldn't get that greenlit by the studio, uh, partly because of subject matter. It was, it was, it was considered niche. But it was a five million dollar film, so you know. More, but the real, the real crux there was that whatever way you looked at it, for the U.S., you know, whoever said yes to that would, would in their own mind, be spending thirty million dollars to market that. Now, you know, it's it's always important to know that you know whatever box office you get back, only half of that's kept by the theaters. In general, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, this, these are just rough numbers, and the other half goes back to you know the the, the distributor, who then you know who then divides that up according to, you know, preset formula, their, their own, uh, the business arrangements, the, 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 the contracts. So another way to look at it is that that film would have to have made $75 million. so $60 million to cover the, the marketing costs and, the, and then the five for production costs to break even. And, you know, given the, you know, the, the subject matter, that wasn't in the calculus. Now, how did that get then switched around? Well, he went straight to HBO, um, and it got reformatted, re essentially, not, re the, not the project itself, but the, the, the calculus behind it, as, as by, uh, for a cable network, um, where five, a $5 million film with, with those stars was, 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 you know, suddenly looked really, really attractive. Um, and it won the Emmy for, you know, for, uh, for, for, for best, you know, television movie. Um, so the quality of it was not in doubt, ever. Um, that wasn't the reason it got, they said no to it. It was the, the mass behind it. And, and that is the kind of thing that has to be, I think, reevaluated um, because the econ that decision was made purely on economics. And you have to wonder whether those economics really, you know, are in sync with the market. 
Now, of course, you know, we have to give due credit to the studios and everyone in the value chain in movie making business that they're all there to make a profit, a healthy profit, and at the same time maintain that interest level of the folks that do they serve, basically the audience. Now, in all of that, how on earth did big data come into play? Because this was never even remotely thought of as a connection. Well, big data is... is has gone into everyone's lives, every business. And, and, I mean, you know, in general, things come to the film industry later. I mean, it, it, it's, it has been resistant to, to change in many ways. Um, not quite sure why, but that's just been the, the way. Um, but, you know, it's like the idea is that it, 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 you know, it trades and have always been right on, right on, the, on the money. So, uh, you know, the ideas it, it sells to the public, are, you know, have to be topical. The way those ideas get expressed, uh, that, you know, either you know through production technology, which was the first to change, but then through distribution technologies and, and, and financing technologies, have, have only slowly kicked in. So data drives all those decisions. Um, we live in a, a measurement society, so um, everything needs to be measured these days, um, you know, for, for good and bad. Um, I say for bad because you know you have to make sure you're measuring what really counts, not not just measuring everything and basing your decisions about that. Um, so it was only a matter of time before big data um, came into the film industry, too. I don't know if it's described that way. I, I think that uh, analytics, you know, and analyzing the stream of data uh, is, is, you know, used by everyone um, in, in varying degrees. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, you know, there, there are things that seem obvious, uses of data, particularly when it comes to measuring potential audiences or even how audiences react to existing things. And then there are more, you know, the, the stuff that sort of gets people sort of all riled up, which is the use of data to try and somehow improve the creative process. And, uh, you know, I, I have strong issue, feelings about that, you know, in terms of the way, it, the way that discussion gets, get, you know, <laughs> gets talked about uh, is always interesting because it, somehow it's always seen as an either-or. You know that uh, you know, you know, humans are being taken out of the process, whereas I don't see it at all. I see big data as just another tool that helps. You know, data and computers essentially are dumb. Um, you know, they don't have feelings. It just analyzes what's out there. But those dumb machines can make people a lot smarter. Now, hold that thought, uh, uh, Colin. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's continue this inter interesting you know, train of thought that you're going with. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Okay. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Wait, is that your pager? There's nostalgic and then there's completely irrelevant. 
like having a hardware-heavy business phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations in minutes and manage the entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that 20th century phone system out of your 21st century business. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. The switchboards and Rolodexes are gone, and so is the need for a hardware-heavy phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations with voice, text, conferencing, even Salesforce integration, and manage your entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that ancient phone system out of your modern office and off your bottom line. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Colin, uh, take it away, because I think we were talking about something very interesting here. Yes, I, I well, I, I was saying that, uh, you know, it's, it's inevitable that data is, uh, you know, is... is, is is working its way into 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 the film industry right right, right now. Um, you know, I don't know yet if the were if the, the concept of big data is 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 banded around. Um, but you know, for for, cert, for for sure that they you know that predictive analytics you know um, are, are being used, um, and it you know right, right through the chain. So um, you know, uh, but it's all you know. I, the point I, I would make is really uh, you know. It's about empowering the decision-making process and, and giving the human element of that part of it, you know, the, as much intelligence as it possibly can. Um, you know, so it's, it's really about which questions are being asked. Um, I mean, th- so, there's all sorts of, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, so the thing is that big data has been, um, you know, utilized in many industries, as you already uh, mentioned, and it is actually a reality that people are trying to make operational improvements. They are trying to figure out a way to learn better, more about their customers, in this case would be audience, and then see how they can offer them an experience. And an experience could doesn't, doesn't only mean the very movie, but also how they go to a theater and how do they over overall, enjoy with their families, what they eat there, et cetera, et cetera. All that is understood. I guess the the place where people are a little puzzled in or the, the main you know, area in which we would like to explore is that how does that uh, creep into the creative aspect? Do you think, is, it, uh, is, is there a sentiment out there that if I'm going to now have computers tell me how do I create a movie, there would never be another avatar again? Well, I think I think I think the computers are uh, smart enough, you know, in terms of its own innate <laughs> processing to know that Avatar would be a good bet. I mean, I, I think uh, you know, I, I think you know, the question there is, would it keep? You know, a good computer would tell you at what point Avatar 
four, five, six, and seven is is uh, you know the law of diminishing returns. And uh, I mean, I think what computers and data analytics is, would be is very good at is is at the, on the business side. It's you know, um, I mean, the return on investment aspect of the business is is crucial in terms of a sustainability. You know, if you believe in film as I do, as as, as a rational film investment. Uh, as a rational investment, sorry, um, you know, then it's about you know, well, making smart decisions about how money is spent and where. And I think data there can it can definitely be a very very good tool. Um, there is there are there isn't much data to to have right now to 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 improve that decision making. So you know, we're starting from a low point. So anything would be additive, and I, I think that's the point here. It has to be additive. It's not a replacement thing. Now. It starts getting into into some interesting areas, um, you know, when it starts informing the creative decision. Now, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by something that was said last week at a, at a conference out in L.A. Um, where one of the research firms involved uh, that's used by the studios, uh, the head of this company called Worldwide Motion Picture Group, said, you know, they're in the data business. And, you know, and even they were saying that research is a bad word uh, because, you know, the, the way that that research gets expressed, mostly through test screenings, hasn't, you know, which hasn't, it's getting worse. In fact, you know, it's less predictive now than, and this is coming from him, not from me. So, and, and he made the point, which I found quite interesting, is that actually the people who go on to various crowdfunding uh, platforms, you know, and there are various, you know, some of the donations, some of equity. We're going to see a lot more of that. Well, that's a much better way of gauging material because you're you're getting the interest before the material is even written or you know or, or you know visualized in, in 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 a film. And this is one of the big challenges in film because, of course, you know up until now, really you don't know how the audience is going to react, and perhaps you never will until until you know it hits the marketplace. And and one thing to think about movies is that they're it's you know it's like bring bring a child onto this earth, you know, there's all the stuff that goes into it at the beginning, our genes, and then there are social factors that inform that, that creates a personality. Well, you know, you could say the same thing about film and cinema. There's the decisions that get made, you know, that inform that, you know, in, in the process by which it gets made, brought into, brought into, into being, and, and those can be smarter. And then when it hits the marketplace, there are all these intangibles that, that come at it, you know, sort of the mood, you know the economic health, uh, the, the you know which other movies are in the marketplace, what other competing forms of of, of entertainment and distraction there are, are people in the mood for that thing, was it the right time? All those things, which really are you know are, are almost impossible to predict, you know, with in, in any great with any great certainty. Um, so that's the challenge. But you know now, we, but we are at least you know, in the crowdfunding world, we're actually seeing, you know, uh, interest. You know, you have some. Some marks now for what 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 interest is likely to generate, either among the public because they're you know donating to Indiegogo or something, or, or you know on platforms like Slated where it's an industry uh, reaction. So um, you know, so that is you know I, I find interesting where it gets murkier still is you know can you use that information to then say we should cast it this way well yes you probably could with you know, knowledge of what that might do to your you know your marketability what about individual scenes in the story well that's i think where i think it gets more troublesome um you could in, use the data to insert um, 
moment, um, I think that it might be of interest to product placement companies. You could prob- there's been very interesting research on uh, neuroscience on reactions to horror scenes and so on. So you could probably amp up certain scenes or know at least what it would mean to amp up. Um, but that doesn't really talk improve the, the whole magic of storytelling. And, and when I do teach uh, at NYU, I mean, I, I have this very broad banner. I say, you know what, this industry, I call it magic and science. We need more of both. The industry needs to get back to its magical state, um, in, you know, in terms of mystique and, and the mystery and the magic of watching something. And I think that's something that we could do more of still. And we need more science. And those aren't, by the way, you, you know, contradictory. Um, in fact, the best science, when it's done best, you know, I think this is, you know, Arthur C. Clarke made this great quote, but, you know, great, you know, great science, great technology at its, in its most advanced form is indistinguishable indistinguishable from magic. So if, if you are looking at the overall distribution and we say that there are going to be uh, a blockbuster which is going to screen in, you know, four or 5,000 screens, and uh, you, you would expect that if you're going to put in that much money into, you know, that distribution, because everybody has to make money in that whole process, you will get big returns. Do you think you can really realistically get data and predict that what type of movie should be put in how many theaters and which particular locations based on uh, whatever other data points you may have available so that you can theoretically maximize what the outcome can be? And just thinking about that as a business in this case. Oh, for sure. But it, it I think, I mean, the real evolution of that will not be about, you know, the maximization process will be about knowing exactly the extent to which you should do that. And it won't be about sheer numbers. I mean, I think one of the, one of the uh, in broad terms, one of the issues with, with marketing and distribution is that it tends to be a very, very blunt weapon. So, you know, it, t- it tends to go for mass market, very quick, um, you know, uh, uh, awareness levels it's building up you know it's not very surgical and I think what one you know where data will really help is is to bring it down to almost a street level I mean one of the things you know I'm involved with the cinema research institute at, at NYU and they give out fellowships to research you know um, uh, you know interesting new ideas and one of them ones being pursued right now by, by the producers behind Beasts of Southern Wild they had experience working for the Obama presidential re-election campaign in, on, the, on, the, on the social outreach, uh, on the grassroots thing. And they're exploring a very you know, interesting idea, which is, well, what happens if the same political machinery, when, and you know, one of the interesting things about this country and most Western democracies, you know, where p- politics is, you know, is a major, we have information on, on people and almost by, at a retail level on, on a door-by-door net, you know, basis. We know, you know, pretty much a lot of a lot of the decision making and the tastes and the, and, the, and the habits of people, you know, just on on you know street by street, neighborhood by neighborhood. But that isn't the case really in film. Um, and yet, you know, similar amounts of money are spent on both industries. And certainly, in, and I would probably you know be interested to see how much is spent on research for both. So, can we apply the same kind of scientific method on a, on, a, on a local level? Uh, to to maximize that spend so that you would know that, you know, when it came to, you know, Avatar 4, yeah, it might make sense to be on 7,348 screens 
at these particular times. For another film, you know, you would maximize your profit by being on 31 screens at these markets, being with and knowing how those, the, the, the outreach and the social networks of that, those markets, then to expand it to 60, the next, to these places, and, and to, you know, go viral in, in the way that viruses do, you know, to actually mimic that and to, you know, control that better and then know when to pull out, you know. And, and you know, there, there's a case, well, look at, look at, you know, how the, the one of the interesting things about the iPhone, the new gold iPhone, is, is its scarcity value. So, you know, that, that alone can drive interest, you know, so you create pent-up demand. So, you know, I think as digital distribution gets better and the marketing process gets better um, and the theaters become all digital to the point where they can switch on and off movies, you know, by the hour, you know, well, that will have to be accompanied with the kind of knowledge about foot traffic and neighborhoods and everything that retail stores have, the Apple store has, uh, for instance, um, when it, you know, it, it opens those things. And, and we would know how many, you know, and we would maximize that profit. Right now, I'm not convinced that, you know, somebody made the point. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, I think, when he, when he gave a speech, you know, I remember at the time, Iron Man 3 was just about to open when he gave a speech. And he made the point, is there anyone in this room that doesn't know what Iron Man 3 is? And, of course, everyone knew it was coming. He said, so why are they still spending money bludgeoning everyone with, with that message? Is that the best use of, uh, of, of those dollars? And, and, you know, the efficiency in marketing is, is not there yet. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And then let's look at what way can we actually refine the marketing. And we spoke about social media. And we are talking about big data. And big data is all about taking unstructured data like uh, social media and many other sources in order for us to get the required insight for us to get to the right level. Do you think at this hour where we stand with big data and the way social media is uh, is in its in whatever maturity state it is in can effectively be utilized to laser target our regions when to launch a movie how much exposure should be given in a given market and and what type of sentiments do we appeal to to the people out there so that they start flocking at the big screen please stay tuned we'll be right back and explore HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. The switchboards and Rolodexes are gone, and so is the need for a hardware-heavy phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations with voice, text, conferencing, even Salesforce integration. And manage your entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that ancient phone system out of your modern office and off your bottom line. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. Wait, is that your pager? 
There's nostalgic, and then there's completely irrelevant, like having a hardware-heavy business phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use Ring Central, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations in minutes and manage the entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that 20th century phone system out of your 21st century business. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So um, when we are looking at the social media, which is, of course, one of the ways, or in fact, that's the majority of the times users are using to uh, share their sentiments about movies and or other form of expression. Do you think, and big data has, of course, uh, at least claims to say that it can sift through unstructured data and get into the hearts of what people are thinking, how they're going to emote to a certain pitch, etc. Do you think this has reached a point where whether it is how you make a movie or how you distribute it or how you market, do you think there has been an effective direct connection made between the two? Um, uh, we, we talk about test research. About a week ahead of a film's, maybe two weeks at best, but maybe a week, probably a week. You know, as, as the marketing around a film and the awareness builds up, then you know, the, the social media networks sort of you know, start twittering. And... Uh, you know, at that point, you've got a very good signal about, you know, coming a, a, a sort of a, a better signal coming back you know, as to what the reaction to that film is likely to be and, 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 and the awareness it's building, probably more fine-tuned than, than, than the, the test screenings. I mean, uh, I mean you, you know, somebody made the point, you know, you know you don't ask 300 Ben Stiller fans, you know, at a test screening for a Ben Stiller movie, what their reactions are. You're, you know, that's a low sample size, and, and you know, it's a predetermined answer. Social media sort of, you know, is, is allows you because it's not, you're not determining what it, the sentiment should be, or, or your sample size. It's coming at you, gives you a, a much better bellwether, um, you know, for, for, for that kind of information. But that's one or two weeks ahead of the release. You know, by then most of the big decisions have been made. You know, and you and you just hope that well, perhaps, you know, you can adjust the spending on marketing. But of course, that's also been probably pre-committed as well as part of a finance plan. So, um, but it will it will get better. Um, it you know, and, and I think the social media will get better as as a as a sort of a, a research tool that that will probably sell its you know uh, its abilities you know um, to all sorts of industries, including film. Um, you asked about the creative process. I'm, I'm not so sure um, in its pure, from a storytelling point of view. Now, you know, storytelling is as much, you know, it's an art, but it's also based on principles. And, you know, we, you know, we all carry that, you know, the storytellers, you know, filmmakers, journalists, you know, TV writers, all the, you know, all storytellers in different ways all carry their own data set in their own mind based on, you know, the principles by which stories should be told. 
and then they know how to deviate from that or, or to, you know, build on that to then create, you know, to a story that, that will, will resonate. And here's, I mean, here's, you know, and I've said this on a number of occasions, I mean, one of the interesting challenges of, of film particularly is that at heart, really, you go to watch a movie to be surprised. Now, you can be surprised in any number of ways. It could be, a, you know, a, it could be a world you've never seen or, you know, like Avatar. It could be a world that you've only ever been able to imagine, like gravity is coming out, you know, that's uh, set in space. But it could also be, you know, and you're surprised by both, or it could be a surprising character. It could be a surprising circumstance. It could be a surprising reaction to things. In the end, though, it's surprise that you're, you're, that you're really connecting with, and I think that's really the, the you know one of the, the elements behind a successful film. Now, how, to what extent can any level of research, you know, determine surprise? Um, it's almost, <laughs> I mean, data research is the opposite. Surely, it's, it's, it analyzes what has been, not what might be and what might you know. But it can certainly analyze the conditions around that to be able to maximize your ability to create surprise, if that makes sense. Definitely. Now, one is to say, you know, like uh, we've seen manufacturing uh, days, you know, the in manufacturing generation or revolution, and then you have the, uh, the information age, et cetera, et cetera. And similarly, let's go to this particular industry. We have had movies being made, and the change is not perhaps in the way and what movies we make. It is perhaps in the way we consume. So people are saying, yes, I want to go to the big screen, but I feel a lot more uh, it, it's a lot more convenient, a lot more uh, cost-effective for me to have families, and now I can have an HD uh, home theater in my basement. So I am not really losing that much experience. So what is the fight here? Is the fight to get more people to a location where they are finding an equally compelling avenue to consume the same product that is being delivered? What, where, where, is the, where is the struggle here? Well, I think the fight here is like so much of of of, of the industry is 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 perceptual more than anything else. Um, look, I mean that we've grown up, you know, the, the industry has grown up since yeah, since the, the Nickelodeon and 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 the and, the, and the, the Magic Lantern into believing, you know, and for good reason that the theatrical experience was the primary one, the one that you did first, you know. Now I don't know if that holds true anymore. Um, in, you know, and, and the analogy I would use is the music one. So, well, you know, I'm, concerts are an essential part of listening to music, but you don't have to list, go to the concert first. Um, you can do it, go to a concert after having seen, or, sorry, listened to music. And, in fact, your, your, your probably appreciation of that concert will probably be improved. You know. Now, music is a little different because the way it's, you know, it's because uh, the essence of that, that's uh, uh, creative form. But um, the theatrical experience, the, the ability, the, 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 the experience of watching something in the company of others um, in a sort of darkened room um, will, should be there, will never go away. It's, it's a magical experience. It's one of life's great, great, you know, um, joint activities. If, should that be at the beginning of the process and, and, and by, from which everything else leads off? To be questioned. I mean, I, I think you know, there's you know, it could come during the process. You know, in fact, in some countries, you know, um, it comes after the fact. Um, so, so the theatrical experience needs to be redefined for what it is. It's not just a box to show movies that then kickstart all the other 
ancillary revenue streams. You know, that used to work. It's, it's, I think that, you know, that it has to be a lot more uh, sophisticated than that. There is an experience of watching something on a big screen um, that is magical, that has to be protected, and, and you know, and it's important for filmmakers and, and it's important for the consumers. There's also the other thing of which is watching a movie, you know, on 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 any medium uh, outside that, which is accessing a great story, um, and it could be on you know on a computer screen, it could be on a, a, t- a TV screen. Sounds outdated to say that. And, and presumably mobile devices, and, and definitely mobile devices of, of varying sizes. Those two interrelate, but one is a communal experience. One is a form of watching movies. Um, those should go in tandem. Um, but yeah, I, there is a conflict there, but I think it's not so much they're eating each other. It's just that they're, I think we have to adjust our perceptions, and it's happening. You know, there's day and day already happening. That there's been some flirtation with showing things ahead of time on, on you know, on, on, on the small screen. Um, you know, I think we'll see a lot more of that. I mean, everything has to be just done on a, you know, film by film basis. You know, and and to ma- gain to maximize. You know. So if I were to go out there and, uh, as you mentioned, like in terms of the music, so people have given into that new way of consumption. And instead of fighting back, they are actually channelizing their energies to how to make that on-demand consumption at their home consumption on iPod and iPad consumption. Yeah. Uh, and, and they are actually netting positive. So do you think, is it already at a point where we would say, okay, yes, big data uh, can be used to uh, get value out of uh, whatever people are doing to pull, push people to big screen, but maybe we have to fundamentally change the way we look at the big screen and let that be uh, a more of a, a special event versus a, a de facto way of consuming yeah. a movie? Uh, for, for sure. I mean, we... Yeah, and they're almost separate things. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, you're right. The, the word there, key word there is event. It's, it's creating an event out of something. And by the way, let, let, I mean, while we, you mentioned, you know, online consumption, changing habits and so on, you know, Netflix is a perfect illustration of that is nothing if not a data company. And, you know, um, it has made already, based on its data, you know, um, it, you know um, already some very interesting decisions as to what it says yes to. I mean, it spent a million dollars, awarded a million dollars to a team, you know, to come up with a, some sort of collaborative filtering algorithm to improve its, you know, it, you know a lot of net, Netflix is about, you know, if you like this, then try that. Right. It's much, much more, you know, which is, sounds simplistic, but of course they found out it's a lot more problematic. They just wanted to improve it by a few percentage points, and they were willing to spend a million uh, you know, to, and the, the team that won, I think it's called Pragmatic Chaos, was, you know, they got a million dollars. Even before that, you know, um, the code that they use, the algorithms, um, you know, was estimated to, rec- to account for 60% of the movies that end up getting rented on, on you know, in, 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 you know in, certainly in, in, in the markets that they operate in. Uh, the U.S. are now moving in elsewhere. So those algorithms, that big data is, is already affecting you know, the, or should be at least improving the way that we uh, choose our movies. Uh, there's nothing, that's nothing if not a long-tail business. Um, it's, it's startling how many of their movies in their library are rented out, uh, not just the, popular, you know, the instantly popular ones. Um, but again, I'd say it's early days yet. I mean, the, the, you know, the, it's not, you know, we, the way we choose movies. And there, there's been some interesting 
you know, um, uh, research into that as well. You put a put a put show some movies to people, or one movie to a, to a group that has no connection with each other, and ask them to value it. Put them in a room where they have a connection with each other, and you'll see that you know um, the decisions are. Uh, there's much more cohesion among groups that have connections with each other. There is a herd mentality. They, they tend, you know, people tend to listen to what others, uh, you know, uh, think, and they want to be part of a movement, some sort of, you know. Um, now that tells me that social media will have a greater and greater part to play because that's at heart what social media is. It shows that discovery isn't done in isolation. Um, you know, I'm. I remember first hearing about jazz, for instance, and jazz aficionados don't like to share, you know, at least in the old days, who, who they, you know, they like, they pride themselves on their own individual choices, and, and, and it was, you know, very much a sort of a, a, an individual thing that they didn't want to be part of the, the, the group. Um, but groupthink tends to be one of the, you know, tends to operate more and more. But there is still, even in, in an isolated thing, where they want to discover new things. So your very, you know, ears are attuned to discovering the next big thing. Um, da- data done intelligently will, will, you know, where it's in, it's trading curatorial, uh, you know, um, information, uh, cur- uh, you know, uh, a vetting process will factor in more and more. Um, then it's just a question of making sure that there's, you know, in all these cases, confirmation bias is I think one of the things that everyone has to work against, which is that you can make statistics and data prove whatever it is you want to prove. So, you know, can you go into this with as much of an open mind as possible so that the data provides you with good, intelligent information that you may not have gleaned as opposed to just being there and you selectively choose the information that you want to, to, to basically justify the decision you were going to make anyway. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, let's look at fundamentally why do we even watch movies? It's entertainment. And it actually started when we have our busy days and we want to get something, uh, you know, just to repair ourselves, just to rejuvenate ourselves. So looking from a consumer standpoint, if on the other side, it's going to become another ugly war about getting my movie to stand in front of another, and then I'm going to try to become super scientific into and and which creeps into this art form what happens to what is the risk of degradation of entertainment that we are in the first place trying to you know provide to our uh, audience what has been spoken and or analyzed about this particular aspect because that's where it all starts it's all about the customer please stay tuned we'll be right back Take a look around. Is anyone in your office listening to music on a boombox? <laughs> Probably not. Because you stream radio through the cloud like a normal, well-adjusted person living in the 21st century. Know what else you can get through the cloud? Your business phone system. Yeah, switch to cloud-based Ring Central. Run your entire business phone system online. And use it with your smartphone and tablet for as little as $19.99 a month per user. And then you can put that old PBX in the junk pile next to the boombox. Ring Central. Phone systems reimagined. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. 
The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The switchboards and Rolodexes are gone, and so is the need for a hardware-heavy phone system. These days, over 300,000 businesses use RingCentral, the cloud-based business communication solution for the way you work. Set up multiple users in multiple locations with voice, text, conferencing, even Salesforce integration. And manage your entire system on your smartphone starting at $19.99 a month per user. So get that ancient phone system out of your modern office and off your bottom line. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh, Colin, when we speak about uh, the very entertainment, do you think we are losing sight of what we started all this for? To some degree. I mean, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, that is a by- that is a byproduct of you know of any attempt to you know, to mechanize anything. You know, is that um, and and you have you know, I think some clear notion of why you're doing it and why a film is being made. I mean, if, if once markets get second-guessed to, you know, to, to an inordinate degree and the decisions are being driven by that, then I think that, you know, the, the, the audiences sniff that immediately. And I think we've seen examples of that this year, some, some films, not all, you know, and, and, and by the way, some of the films that are supposed flops have actually done very well overseas. So, you know that, that that you know. I always have to you know add that caveat. You know, we 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 dismiss films uh, very quickly, and 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 they've actually you know some of them actually we should have such failures because they they they've made a lot of money. But there are, there have been films where this year where people have turned, been turned off by them, and I think they can't necessarily put their finger as to why you know they, they it, it didn't quite work for them had all the elements um, and everything was, but it just felt too mechanized, or it just felt too you know that it was. Made with a market in mind, as opposed to with with the the real desire to tell a great story, um, and I think you know that always has to be kept front and center. Great, all of these tools, all these things have to be to the service of telling great stories. It all starts with material. That's why we do it. Um, there are you know an endless you know maybe the the core stories you know they're they're all just variants of the same six or seven core stories. There are lots of uh, discussions about that, debates about that, but there are and there is an endless capacity for telling, for surprising people, for telling same stories in new ways, showing new worlds, new characters, and and and, and enlightening our lives, 
in, in one way, you know, either tragically or, or humorously or, or, or any combination of, of, of emotions. And, and that's where it begins. And so everything should be into the service of that. Um, so. so question for you. The Netflix spent a million dollars to find out, get an algorithm to see how they can select or suggest better movies to people or, or where they will consume more. Who has spent money to understand that the same data analysis could actually help make better movies where people get more entertained? It's not clear. I mean, this is a very guarded industry. I mean, um, you know, and I, there have been an, we know that neuroscience and neuroscientists and various um, data-driven companies are being retained uh, and, and used um, at different levels of the studio system, right from the creative process all the way through, certainly through, through, through to distribution. Um, you will be hard-pressed to get any of the studios to actually acknowledge that. Um, partly, I think, because it might, you know, it, one, there's a competitive element, that so this is an industry that likes to guard its, you know, its, its trade secrets, even though it's a, you know, a collaborative uh, industry at heart. Um, there's that. Um, and, and partly, I think, because, you know, I don't think it, would I think it plays to this notion of, of any attempt to, to, to bring science to this will, will somehow you know undermine the creative elements. Um, so uh, uh, whereas we know from you know we know that this has already happened in music, where you know, certain albums you know back in the day when there were albums um, hit songs within that. So you know the famous example of Nora Jones' uh, debut album and and others you know. Maroon 5, I think, were, 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 you know, because music is essentially a mathematical, you know, uh, um, it, it appeals to the mathematical side of our brains, you know, it can be more determined and we can actually predict emotional response to, to music and, and combinations of, of notes and, 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 and tonalities. So, you know, um, so we know it happens in one creative sphere, you know, there's, you know I, I'm, it is happening in another creative sphere, how willing people are to, you know, to admit that they're using that is, you know, is, is another matter. Um, and I suspect we'll only hear about it when someone can say, look, you know, because of these, because of our MRI scans, neuroscience things, you know, research we did, we were bet- made a much better movie here. Um, or we were able to make, you know, turn what might have been a, um, a mediocre one into a great one and look at, you know, and people responded. And the moment that happens, of course, then people will be falling over themselves saying, you know, look, look how much data we use. Um, but we haven't got there yet. So. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Colin, for sharing your thoughts on how big data can actually help the big screen. You're very welcome. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again. Now, uh, listeners, uh, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid.